This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On Something by Hilaire Belloc. Chapter 21 A Blue Book. I have thought it of some value to contemporary history to preserve the following document which concerns the discovery and survey of an island in the North Atlantic, which upon its discovery was annexed by the United States in the first moments of their imperial expansion, and was given the name of Atlantis. The island, which appears to have been formed by some convulsion of nature, disappeared the year after its discovery, and the report drawn up by the commissioners is therefore very little known, and has of course no importance in the field of practical finance and administration. But it is a document of the highest and most curious interest, as an example of the ideas that guided the policy of the great republic at the moment when the survey was undertaken, and English readers in particular will be pleased to note the development and expansion of English methods, and of characteristic English points of view and institutions throughout the whole document. Anyone who desires to consult the maps, etc., which I have been unable to reproduce in this little volume, must refer to the record office at Washington. My only purpose in reprinting these really fascinating pages in such a volume as this is the hope that they may give pleasure to many who would not have had the opportunity to consult them in the public archives where they have hitherto been buried. A.2.E. Dot three three one following report of the three commissioners appointed by the president of the republic to report upon the potential resources situation etc of the new island known as atlantis recently discovered in the north atlantic and annexed to the republic together with a recommendation on future treatment of same to the president of the republic your honor Side note, preamble. Your Honor's three commissioners, Joshua Hogg, Abraham Bush, and Jack Bimber, being of sound mind, solvent, and in good corporal health, all citizens of more than five years' standing, and domiciled within the boundaries, frontiers, and terms of the Republic, do make oath and say, so help them God. Side note, arrival off Atlantis. 1 that on the 20th of the month of July, being at that time in or about latitude 45 north, and betwixt and between longitude 51 and 51.10 west, so near as could be made out, the captain of the steamboat, Glory of the Morning Star, chartered for this occasion only by the government of the Republic, without any damage, precedent, or future lien whatsoever, by name James Murphy, of Cork, Ireland, and domiciled within the aforesaid terms, boundaries, etc., did in a loud voice at about 4.33 a.m., when it was already light, cry out, That's her! or words to that effect. Your three commissioners being at that moment in the cabin, stateroom, or cuddy in the forward part of the ship, see annexed plan, came up on deck and were ordered or enjoined to go below by those having authority on the glory of the morning star. 
Your three commissioners desire individually and collectively to call attention to the fact that this order was obeyed, being given under the Maritime Acts of 1853, and desire also to protest against the indignity offered in their persons to the majesty of the Republic. See Attorney General's Plea Folio 56M. At or about 6.30 a.m. on the same day, July 20th, your commissioners were called upon deck, and there was put at their disposal a boat manned by four sailors, who did thereupon and with all due dispatch row them towards the island. At that moment, some two miles off the weather bow, that is, south-southwest by south of the glory of the morning star. They did then individually, and all collectively land, disembark, and set foot upon the island of Atlantis, and take possession thereof in the name of your honor and the Republic, displaying at the same time a small flag, nineteen by six inches, in a token of the same which flag was distinctly noted, seen, recorded, and witnessed by the undersigned, to which they put their hand and seal, trusting in the guidance of divine providence. Joshua Hogg, Abraham Bush, Jack Bimber. Side note, Shape and Dimensions of the Island. 2. Your commissioners proceeded at once to a measurement of the aforesaid island of Atlantis, which they discovered to be of a triangular or three-cornered shape, in dimensions as follows on the northern face from cape providence to cape mercy one mile furlong and a bit on the southwestern face from cape mercy to point liberty seven furlongs two roods and a foot on the southeastern face which is the shortest faced from point liberty round again to cape province from which we started something like half a mile and not worth measuring these dimensions, lines, figures, measurements, and plans they do submit to the public office of record as accurate and done to the best of their ability by the undersigned, so help them God. Side note. Appearance and structure of the island. 3. It will be seen from the above that the island is in shape an isosceles triangle, as it were, pointing in a north-westerly direction, and having a short base turned to the southeast contains some 170 acres, or half a square mile, and is situate in a temperate latitude suited to the Anglo-Saxon race. As to the material structure, it is composed of sand. See its specimens in glass file. The said sand, being of yellow color when dry, and inclining to a brown color where it may be wet by the sea or by rain. Side note. Springs and Rivers. 4. There are no springs or rivers on the island. Side note. Hills and mountains. 5. There are no mountains on the island, but there is in the north a slight hummock, some fifteen feet in height. To this hummock we have given, saving your honor's reverence, the name of Mount Providence, in commemoration of the manifold and evident graces of Providence in permitting us to occupy and develop this new land in the furtherance of true civilization and good government. The hill is at present too small to make a feature in the landscape, but we have great hopes that it will grow. See Younger on the Sand Dunes of Picardy, Volume 2, pages 199-200. Side note. Harbors. 6. 
The island is difficult of approach, as it slopes up gradually from the sea bottom, and the tides are slight. At high water there is no sounding of more than three fathoms for about a mile and a half from shore, but at a distance of two miles soundings of five and six fathoms are common, and it would be feasible in fine weather for a vessel of moderate draught to land her cargo, passengers, etc., in small boats. Moreover, a harbour might be built, as in our recommendations. There is on the north side a bay, caused by indentation of the land, which we think suitable to the purpose, and which in your honour's honour we have called Buggins Bay. Side note. Capes and Headlands. 7. These are three, as above enumerated. One, the most precipitous and bold, we have called Cape Providence, for reasons which appear above. The second, Cape Mercy, in recognition of the great mercy shown us in finding this place without running on it, as has been the fate of many a noble vessel. The third, we call Point Liberty, from the nature of those glorious institutions which are the pride of the Republic, and which we intend to impose upon any future inhabitants. These titles, which are but provisional, we pray, may remain to be enregistered under the seal, notwithstanding the Act to Restrain Nuisances and Voids of 1819, Caption 2. Side note, Climate. 8. The climate is that of the North Atlantic, known as the Oceanic. Rain falls not infrequently, and between November and April snow is not unknown. In summer a more genial temperature prevails, but it is never so hot as to endanger life or to facilitate the progress of epidemic disease. Wheat, beans, hops, turnips, and barley could be grown, did the soil permit of it. But we cannot regard an agricultural future as promising for the new territory. Here endeth your Commissioner's Report. Joshua Hogg, Abraham Bush, Jacobus Bimber Recommendations your commissioners, being also entrusted with the privilege of making recommendations, submit the following without prejudice, and all pursuant to the contrary notwithstanding. As to the land, your commissioner recommends that it should be held by the state in conformity with those principles which are gaining a complete ascendancy among the leading nations of the earth. This might then be let out at its full value to private individuals who would make what they could of it, leaving the economic rent to the community for the individual did not make the land, but the state did. This power of letting the land, they recommend, should be left in the hands of a chartered company. Your commissioners will provide the names of certain reputable and wealthy citizens, who will be glad to undertake the duty of forming and directing this company, and who will act on the principle of unsalaried public service by the upper classes, which is the chief characteristic of our civilization. One, Jacobs Esquire and Z. Lewis Esquire, to be directors of the proposed chartered company, have already volunteered in this matter. Your commissioners recommend that the chartered company should be granted the right to strike coins of copper, nickel, silver, and gold, the first three to be issued at three times, eight times, and twice the value of the metals respectively, the said currency to be on a gold basis and monometallic and not to exceed the amount of $100 per capita. Your commissioners further recommend that the same authority be empowered to issue paper money in proportions of 165% to the gold reserve, 
the right to give the high values to pieces of paper having proved in the past of the greatest value to those who have obtained it. Your commissioners recommend the building of a stone harbour out to sea without enroging upon the already exiguous dimensions of the land. They propose two piers, each some mile and a half long, and built of Portland rock, an excellent quarry of which is to be discovered on the property of James Barber Esquire of Maryville, Kent County, Connecticut. The stone could be brought to Atlantis at the lowest rates by the Walshriner line of floats. In this harbour, if it be sufficiently deepened and its piers set wide enough apart, the navies of the world could be contained, and it would be a standing testimony to the energy of our race which maketh the desert to blossom like a rose. Leviticus 22, 3, 2 your commissioners also recommend an artisan well be sunk until fresh water be discovered. This method has been found successful in Australia, which is also an island and largely composed of sand. It is said that this method of irrigation produces astonishing results. Finally, in the matter of industry, your commissioners propose, not of course as a unique industry, but as a staple, the packing of sardines. A sound system of fair trade based upon a tariff scientifically adjusted to the conditions of the island should develop the industry rapidly. Everything lends itself to this. The skilled labor could be imparted from home, the sardines from France, and the tin and oil from Spain. It would need for some years an export bounty somewhat in the nature of protection, the scale of which would have to be regulated by the needs of the community. But they are convinced that when once the industry was established, the superior skill of our workmen and the enterprise of our capitalists would control the markets of the world. As to political rights, we recommend that Atlantis should be treated as a territory, and that a sharp distinction should be drawn between rural and urban conditions, that the inhabitants should not be granted the franchise till they have shown themselves worthy of self-government saving, of course, those immigrants, such as the Negroes of Carolina, who have been trained in the exercise of representative institutions. All religions should be tolerated, except those to which the bulk of the community show an implacable aversion. Education should be free to all, compulsory upon the poor, non-sectarian, absolutely elementary, and subject, of course, to the paramount position of that gospel which has done so much for our dear country. The sale of intoxicants should be regulated by the company, and these should be limited to a little spirits, wine, and beer, and all alcoholic liquors habitually used as beverages should be rigorously forbidden to the laboring classes, and should only be supplied in bona fide clubs with a certain minimum yearly subscription. In conclusion, your commissioners will ever pray, etc. Manuscript Note added at the end in the hand of Mr. Charles P. Hands, the curator of this section. The island was lost, luckily with no one aboard, during the storms of the following winter. This report still possesses, however, a strong historical interest. The End of Chapter 21